0: The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
1: Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life. Like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help. From fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Lighthouse Coffee. Grand Lighthouse Coffee is the e-commerce business that sells certified organic fair trade coffee, either whole bean or grinded. Chemicals do not touch the beans and the farmers who grow the green coffee are paid and treated fairly. Coffee beans are made to order so you will get freshly roasted beans no later than seven days after being roasted. Grand Lighthouse also provides memberships for families and businesses, depending on how much coffee you purchase per month. For more information and updates, follow, like them on Instagram, Facebook, at Grand Lighthouse Coffee, or visit their website at GrandLighthouseCoffee.com, and don't forget to use your promo code EastWest to get 10%
2: off.
0: Scouts will relied on heavily when evaluating talent. Teams should be drafting for
2: the future, and not just
3: immediate needs.
1: It all starts with the quarterback position.
3: Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now, here is your host, Fidel Barraza.
1: Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast. I'm your host, Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me, like always, my co-hosts, Jerry Martinez and Kendall Whitley. And our special guest today, all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada, JT the Brick. How you doing, JT?
3: Great, guys. Thrilled to be here. Excited as we wrap up July and we're into August and hoping for some football right around the corner. Yeah. Yes, sir.
1: JT, we appreciate you coming on. So let's get started. So first, let's start off with the Raiders offseason free agency and draft what you think of it
3: I thought it was phenomenal mostly free agency the draft as you guys know you can't evaluate a draft until two or three years the draft that the Raiders had last year with Max Crosby and Josh Jacobs and John Abram who only played one half we're assuming he's going to be a really good player they had a good draft and Hunter Renfro was a necessity this team had to have that type of player so Mayock's first draft he got a lot of B plus A ratings and everybody's talked about it this year I thought the offseason was critical because before the draft they were able to bring in depth on the defense and bring in defensive players from Corey Littleton to Nick Kwiatkowski who are really important players you know we'll see how good they are with the silver and black I'm assuming they're both going to be good players but they brought in you know, Malik Collins. They have depth on the defensive line. They have depth in the secondary. And then they went into the draft, and it was a unique draft because if they didn't have the free agency that they had, I thought that they'd have to take six or seven defensive players right out of the gate. But because they were so active on defense and free agency, they were able to go big time on offense and bring in – you know, Bowden and players on the offensive side that were just toys, additional weapons for Derek Carr. So I usually say this every year. I'm pretty excited about the offseason, but I think this one really filled a lot of needs as the team's relocating out here to Vegas.
1: Yeah, you know what? I'm on the same boat, right? I'm super excited um, for what the Raiders are going to be able to do, especially on offense now. Uh, No more distractions from last year. Uh, Derek Carr has weapons at his disposal that he hasn't had before. So I'm just really excited to see what that offense can do.
3: Yeah, the offense, guys, has no excuses. There's really none. I, I think it's one of the top three to four offenses in all of football from a talent perspective. And let's talk about that for a minute. If that means they have to be healthy. You know, you have guys that are slotted to play. They have to play. Colton Miller, Trent Brown. Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, Richie Incognito suspended two games last year, now ready to start game one. So the offensive line is set, and they've added some depth. And then the receiving core is amazing. As I mentioned, Renfro and what they have with Tyrell Williams and Witten, Moreau, and Waller, Henry Ruggs, and then, Mm. you know, Aguilar. So there's going to be depth at the receiver position. And then they have the freshest young running back in all of football. And Josh Jacobs, who, believe it or not, I think is going to have a bigger year because they're going to incorporate him into the passing game.
1: I I am super excited to see that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well, it has to happen because here's the thing, guys. If if one guy gets hurt, if one guy on the offensive line goes down, then you're putting in backups and guys who can play, but they're not a a Pro Bowl talent as most of these guys have been, including Colton Miller, who – I'm a big Colton Miller guy. I mean, he was thrown into the fire when he came in, right? And he's proven that he can play in this league. And he, like Cleveland Farrell, had a big offseason in regards to muscle and strength and the ability to change their body up a bit. And then Carr, you know, I've been been going on the rounds here in Vegas and nationally about Carr. And I can tell you, Carr's never looked better. He had more work than any quarterback in the NFL in the offseason when it came to working out privately in parks with his teammates. So he's ready to go and knows this playbook inside and out. So everything looks good to me on offense. It's the defense that we got to get rolling with. What are your 2020 expectations for the Raiders, JT? Great question. I would say playoffs, clearly nine wins. Ten wins would be a bonus. Look, guys, every year we, we sit here and we try to predict wins. And when you work for the team like I do, I'm not going to come on a podcast or radio and say, you know, eight and eight or, you know, this, we're one year away. It just doesn't work that way. But, you know, this is the year that the schedule, and you guys know this from, your, from the work you do, you look at the schedule every year and it's just a beast. You know, they, the Raiders never get a break. Last year was a disaster what they gave the Raiders. And then the Raiders had the toughest part of their schedule, which was Indianapolis into London, and they won both those games. And they set themselves up for a playoff run. And then they got injured and really at the end of the season was very disappointing. Well, this year the expectations for me are the schedule and considering what we're going to be dealing with, with the fan situation, the brand-new stadium, lack of crowd noise, lack of a home field advantage for every team. That might help the Raiders. You know, Tom Brady's coming into Vegas. Phillip Rivers is coming in. Drew Brees is coming in. A lot of guys coming in here. Patrick Mahomes twice, once in Vegas and once on the road. So I like the Raiders, but they got to get off to a good start. That Carolina, I can't remember a game that is more important than this Carolina game. New coach, new quarterback, new system, and the Raiders got to travel to the classic 10 a.m. game to yep. start the season off. They got to win that game. If they win that game, I think they're a nine-win team. If they lose that game, then they got to dig out of a hole early and they got to welcome Drew Brees and New Orleans into town, and they're a better team on paper.
1: JC, what would you say was the biggest acquisition in free agency or or the draft this year?
3: Oh, without a doubt, it was Littleton. I mean, Littleton was the biggest, the biggest acquisition, period. I mean, you could go Henry Ruggs. After that, but Littleton was a necessity. They didn't have they don't have Littleton. We're not even talking about the defense. We're just hoping and praying again, right? We're saying, well, they're gonna put in some guy that's some guy and he's been okay and he's ready to take the next step. They have a three-down linebacker who can put his hands on a tight end like Kelsey. He can blitz the quarterback, he can tackle in space, he can call the plays. Played in a Super Bowl recently and is a hell of a player. So I would say that's the biggest acquisition, in my opinion. And then I'll throw out a wild card from talking to John Gruden, Rod Marinelli, the defensive line coach. Not that they had a bad defensive line coach last year, but Marinelli's a Hall of Famer. He's a position coach like Dick LeBeau that you could say, well, that guy can go into the Hall of Fame and not be a head coach. And he's got to get this defensive line rocking right out of the gate. They'll be more accountable. As you guys saw John Gruden's press conference the other day, they were talking about lining up off sides and the mistakes they're making and all the penalties that you see from this D line over the years, that will not be, that will not be acceptable with Rod Marinelli. So you got a defensive line coach who could be a head coach and you got an offensive line coach in Tom Cable, who was a head coach and you got these other veteran coaches there. So, I think Marinelli and Littleton on the defensive side gives Paul Gunther the ability to, to really do a better job this year with his scheme.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited what Corey Littleton is going to bring to that defense. Uh, Hey, JT, let's talk about Raider Nation radio. That's ready to launch on Monday. I'm super excited. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: Yeah, I'm really excited guys. I'll be anchoring the middays from noon to two. And the Raiders now finally have a radio partner that's a true partner that they're involved with, that they're not part of a station where there's two other teams like the A's or the Warriors or the Giants or whatever the team was. I've I've been with the Raiders. This is going to be my 22nd season. And on the radio with them, there was always some type of glitch where there would be a flagship station that had a conflict with another team and the other team would get – Priority over the Raiders. That stops now. Now the Raiders have Raider Nation Radio in Vegas, 9 20 a.m. And you guys will be able to hear it if you listen on the Las Vegas Sports Net. They'll have all the links tweeted out. And, you know, we're building apps and we're trying to do everything at Raiders.com so you can listen live. And it'll just be a place for uh gentlemen like you, all of you guys, to be sitting all over the country and just hit an app and go. I want to call into a Raiders show. I want to hear Coach Gruden, Derek Carr. I want to listen to the coaches' show. I want to uh, call in because I'm pissed off that they lost and they had a 10-point lead and how'd they lose the game or they came from behind. And in the past on their radio stations, on their affiliates, you didn't know when that was going to happen. You had a guess. Now we take the guessing out of it.
1: That's real great.
3: Thank you, y'all.
0: Hey, JT, appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Hey, one thing I want to ask you, how close do you think the Las Vegas Raiders are to the Kansas City Chiefs?
3: That's, that's the most important question we'll cover here. That's it. The, the question is, guys, how do you beat a team in your division? Because if you don't beat them in your division, you never host a playoff game, right? We got a brand-new stadium. You want to have playoff games in that stadium. Well, how do you have a playoff game if you're a wild-card team, mm-hmm. if you don't win the division? So the organization is being rebuilt to beat Kansas city. And that's where you saw the draft with Mike Mayock to get a player like Henry Ruggs, who's similar to Tyreek Hill. I use this example often. Tyreek Hill was taken in the fifth round because of his conduct in college. He was a really bad guy in college and he's been a bad guy in the NFL, but to his credit, he seems to have gotten his life in order Yes, and he, 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 won a, he won a Super Bowl, and he is a brilliant football player. He's almost unguardable. So the Raiders could have taken CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. They had Amari Cooper, all very good players. But they got a guy in rugs who can play like Tyreek Hill. So that mm-hmm. was very important. Now they have the rotation on the defensive line to go after Mahomes. And mm-hmm. Damon Arnett was drafted to play cornerback to be that type of guy who could – be a shutdown cover corner that could take hopefully in years to come one of Mahomes' weapons away but the whole organization is trying to be rebuilt with the principles of Belichick in New England yeah. where Gruden Gruden has the power like Belichick right similar to that you got Gruden and Belichick Belichick's in control Gruden's in control but Gruden has Mayock and then you got to look at your roster and say we got to beat Kansas City, something that New England, guys, has never done. New England never said, hey, we got to build our roster to beat Buffalo. we got to right. build our roster to beat the Dolphins. Never. Now the Raiders have to do that and make that a priority, and I think they're doing that. It's very evident with their personnel.
0: Yes, I definitely agree. I think they're a couple pieces away from being with the Kansas City, but I think they're definitely
3: trending in the right direction. Another thing I want to ask you, what do you think about the Brian Edwards pick? I love that pick because he's been compared to Des Bryant, Terrell Owens, as, with the body size and the ability to go get the ball. He had a couple of injuries, as you know, when he wrapped up his college career. And John Gruden told me he's had a lot of success with players from that school, Gamecocks from that school. Yes. So they, they had him targeted. They were going to go get him no matter what. Yeah. And he was a priority. So he's a guy, how long is it going to take him? to come into the league. Remember, Amari Cooper was a top hit. Mm-hmm. This kid comes in with the ability where he's only going to get a few touches because you got to get Waller the ball. you got to get Ruggs the ball. you got to get Hunter Renfro touches. So I look for him to have, like, three or four looks or five a game, and I think they're going to be in the red zone. I mean, imagine lining up Waller. Forget about lining up Waller as a tight end. Let's get that out of the way. Wall- line up Waller wide. Line up um, – Edwards wide have rent throw in the slot have rugs in motion right where he's coming around for a fake reverse and then you got to figure out who you're going to single coverage and if it's going to be Edwards he could catch a jump ball a fade route in the end zone and Waller if he's single covered is going to catch a fade route one-on-one coverage remember guys last year Waller if you look at his stats yeah he caught a lot of balls but he didn't catch a lot of touchdowns and he didn't get touchdowns because he was double-teamed in the red zone. Now the addition of Edwards hopefully takes that double-team away for Waller. Yeah,
0: appreciate it. I, really, I, I love the Brian Edwards pick. And I think it with Darren Waller, if they, can get, if they can get anything from Brian Edwards and Russ, and let's not forget about Tyrell Johnson, I think, the, I think
3: the Raiders can definitely do something this year. And I, I appreciate that, J.T. Yeah, it's going to have to be – you know, guys, the big theme we're talking about today is there's one football – there's only one ball. And when you hear about LeBron and Anthony Davis, they're getting involved, but every once in a while, someone's got to hit an open shot when yep. they're not covered. Well, it's the same thing here with the Raiders Carr's going to break the huddle. And there's going to be one play called, and mm-hmm. there's going to be four guys, five guys who are going to be running routes. If Carr doesn't see the primary guy open, he's going to have to quickly make decisions this year and, and go to someone else. And, the good news is you remember last year with like five games to go, the Raiders had nothing. They had Waller and Tyrell Williams and a mm-hmm. little bit of Renfro. And now they have, you know, three more additions. And Bowden could be that type of guy where what happens if he comes onto the scene and he's catching balls and they're giving him handoffs and he's throwing passes, throwing passes like he did in college. So this is going to be a great offense this year. Yes. I meant to say Tyrell Williams. I didn't mean to say yeah. Tyrell <laughs> Thank you, JT. You got it.
2: Yeah, JT. The Raiders have done a phenomenal job. I mean, they keep on adding depth at depth. I mean, you Nelson Aguilar also. I mean, some some of the names. I think Josh Jacobs got robbed of the of the rookie of the year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was by a margin too. Uh, but you know, it. I guess it's a meritocracy in the NFL. But um, real quick, I you you have this unique way of of being able to do right your sports talk radio. But at the same time, have a unique relationship with the players i i from people that are in the sports talk radio, they don't have that kind of relationship um how do, how do you How do you manage that?
3: Well, I've been fortunate in my career because when I got into radio, I was instantly nationally syndicated. so I always had a national show that was on in San Antonio and on in Boston and on in Detroit. So I always had that as my primary job for radio, and then with the Raiders no matter what I was doing with the team from sidelines or a local show or the pre and post game, you know, it was very important to me to build relationships with the players. You know, I've gotten a lot of heat over my career for being good to the players or good to the coaches. And what people don't understand is I work for the team. So I can't go on the radio and rip and destroy the players. I have to have a level of professionalism. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of times I, I, I go after car after a bad game or someone gets beat and they get cut as a cornerback. And I shred that player. But the differences of me is I have to go in the locker room from time to time. I have to get on the team playing. I have to go into the meal room and I want to always have a relationship. That's professional. It's easy to be on the outside and not work for the team or be inside the team and just rip everybody. And, talk crap behind everyone's back. But when you have to be accountable and see the coach every week, you got to have a certain level of professionalism. So the Raiders have been good to me. And that's why I try to give them the respect that they deserve. And as you guys know, you're doing a great job with your work. Everybody around the league, around the league, when it comes to other media or local media, hate the Raiders. They hate them. So what they're doing is they're piling on in Kansas city and Denver And they're piling on. And, you know, the Raider fans are the worst and the team is the worst and they make fun of the owner and they do all that. Well, I'm one of the few guys that have a platform to punch back. You know, you hear that in politics. You keep coming at someone, eventually they're going to punch back. I've been punching back for over 20 years trying to defend this team and give them a voice, and I'm proud of that.
2: That's awesome. So, JT, what – in the 20 – you said 22 years, right? You've been doing yeah, years? coming
3: up 22. Yep.
2: 22 years. What's, wow. what's, what's the most memorable moment that you've experienced in your 22 years of just football, right?
3: <clears throat> wow. Um, that's a great question. I think it's gotta be the hall of fame, the work I've done with the Raiders, the few times, <clears throat> excuse me, the few times I've been with the Raiders at the hall of fame. I sat with Mark Davis when Ken Stabler, who was deceased, got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I sat right next to Mark for that induction. And then I emceed uh, Ken Stable's party afterwards, the private event. And that was just mind-blowing for me to watch the Steelers walk in the room with their gold jackets and the Cowboys and, you know, all the snakes, legendary football friends come in. And to be a fly on the wall for that. The other thing that I'm I'm very proud of is, You know, I reconnected Jim Brown and Mr. Davis, Al Davis, when they were alive. They went through a period where they didn't see each other. And I talked to Jim and I said, hey, Jim, would you like to see Mr. Davis? And he said, absolutely. And then I called Mr. Davis through his assistant. And we set up that meeting and I brought Jim up to see Mr. Davis and left them alone and then interviewed Jim right afterwards. And that was a highlight. And then, you know, as a pre and post game host, which I'm about to take over again, You know, I hosted the pregame from the Super Bowl and that Super Bowl did not turn out well, as you know, against Tampa Bay. But that was a big moment for me to uh, put the headset on in the press box and welcome the Raider Nation to the Super Bowl. And I hope to do that again, guys. I hope to, you know, see you guys when you come out to Allegiant Stadium and host the pregame show inside Allegiant Stadium And usher in a new era, a new tradition, a new history with the Raiders. Because this Vegas thing is big. And we respect Oakland. We love Oakland. No one ever wanted to leave Oakland. That was never the plan. But when the plan happened and they ended up in Vegas, now you guys, along with all your viewers and listeners, now have a place that you can call home. You can go to Allegiant Stadium and say, you know, the A's didn't play here on Tuesday night. Look at the infield. Or this, you can say, This is our home. Wherever we come from, London, the Far East, South America, I'm going to a Raider game. We own the stadium. The Raider Nation calls this home. And it's going to be a great gathering spot, man. It's Vegas. I mean, who doesn't love Vegas, man, let alone for football?
1: (laughs) I love Vegas, JT. (laughs) Love Vegas. how,
3: How could you not?
1: Now that the Raiders are there, it's another excuse to tell my fiance, hey, I got to go to Vegas. I got to go. Oh, see-
3: <laughs> well, you know, you guys, you guys are going to want to come to Vegas because what's going to change now with this team in Vegas is when we go to Oakland and you go to Oakland, you go to Ricky's in San Leandro, one of my favorite spots, and you go to the Hilton, you go to the Oakland Airport Hilton Bar, and you might run into Fred Bolitnikoff or Jim Otto. This is completely different. I mean, you can come and there'll be five thousand Raider fans down on the Strip in downtown Vegas. There'll be 6,000 Raider fans at the Team Hotel, at the M, the MGM, the Luxor, the Mandalay Bay. There'll be a concert the night before. I mean, guys, think of this. You'll come in on a Friday night <clears throat> for a Sunday game, and there'll be a concert or a, you know something big at Allegiant Stadium, and they'll flip it and have it ready <laughs> for football on Sunday, and you'll be like, oh, my God, I just were here for two events this weekend <laughs> in a brand-new football stadium.
0: That's crazy. I definitely got to visit Vegas, man. I did. I'm in North Carolina, so they'll be there who we want. I did. I'm did. i going to play a trip to Vegas soon.
3: Have you? Yeah, I think, I think if you look at next season because of the fans and what we're going to be talking about down the road, you know, it's really unfortunate, guys. I mean, I, I live in Vegas. I've been commuting to Oakland for 17-plus of my 20-plus years, and, you know, we're finally ready to get this thing going in Oakland, and COVID-19 has stopped everything. And I wanted to take this opportunity to thank the fans and the construction workers who came in at a $1.9 billion stadium on time, on budget, and got that thing finished during COVID-19. So if we have to wait, including me, if we have to wait a year to do it right, we'll wait a year and go in there and go big. Have you been inside the stadium, JT? Yeah, I was in there about a month ago and then emceed the groundbreaking that they had there. And I had one other tour early on when it was barely scaffolding. That's a pretty, pretty good story. I went there probably six months in, or maybe, maybe longer than that, maybe eight months in when they had the shell and they said, Hey, do you want to go to the top? And the top was only the beginning of the second deck. And I got in this makeshift elevator, one elevator, and we went up and I stepped off the elevator and there was, an area it couldn't have been more than four feet by four feet and there was nothing to the right there was nothing to the left and they said don't move just stay right there so you can get the perspective of what this is going to be like and I was like just get me back in the elevator I'm good I'm not into heights and I got a chance to see it then but for you guys the big thing is the the training facility forget about the stadium for a moment what they did in Henderson, building their state-of-the-art facility, where the team is now, is really the jewel of the NFL, just like the star in Dallas for the Cowboys. The Raiders now finally have a state-of-the-art training facility, three football fields, uh, one outside, two inside, an Olympic swimming pool, the best weight room in the NFL, the best meal room. Uh, we're going to be doing our TV and radio from that facility, So that's going to be great. I would encourage all of your listeners and viewers to go online and just Google the Raiders training facility and look at the photos that are up at Raiders.com. It's, it's mind blowing.
1: Yeah, no, it looks amazing. Uh, I cannot wait to go there in person. Um, And then by the way, I am waiting for my copy of the handoff.
3: Oh, I got one right here behind me. I got my books here. So, (laughs) <laughs> well, we'll uh, get you that. I'm proud of that book. I wrote it a number of years ago about my mentor a guy by the name of Andrew Ashwood, who was my boss, who uh, ended up getting diagnosed with terminal cancer. And he Oops. asked me to be his chemo partner. And I was, and we went on this journey and I learned a lot and he handed off to me all these life lessons that I'm going to hand off to my sons and uh, future generations. I appreciate you bringing up my book and there's a, there's a little Raider Nation plugged in throughout that book that shows part of my journey in radio and in life.
1: Truth be told, uh, I believe it was June, I was watching the Jim Rohn show and you came on and I had no idea how you got the name, the, the nickname JT the Brick until I watched that. And that was pretty cool. I don't know if you can just elaborate a little bit on that.
3: Yeah, Jim Rome named me that. I was a caller. I was a stockbroker at Merrill Lynch in La Jolla, California. And I had a passion for radio as a listener, and I started calling in, and I would call Jim Rome Show. And I was always calling in on the Knicks and the Giants and the New York teams. And the Knicks at that time were always playing in the Eastern Conference Finals, going up against Jordan, could never win. So Jim called us the Bricks because we were all talking about the Knicks, and it just stuck. And then I entered his smack-off, his first-ever caller contest, which turned out to be the, the American Idol of sports radio if you won that contest you know maybe you could do something and I was the first to win it and it kind of helped me get into radio and then for the Raiders to hear me on the radio in the middle of the night and then hire me to be their pre and post game host in 98 was a big part of that
1: all right JT well hey I appreciate your time it was great talking to you I've been watching you on TV now for a very long time and to actually get the opportunity to interview you it's kind of surreal, so I appreciate you, and uh, hopefully we can bring you back on soon.
3: Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, thanks for having me on. It's an honor, and you know, keep getting the word out to the Raider Nation. The Raider Nation now, Vegas, the team, the stadium, the practice facility, everybody will have a year to put their plans together, get their hotel rooms, pick the game, and win this thing. And this year is going to be a fun year, no matter what, on the field and hopefully COVID doesn't hurt the season, and we can have a full season. But I look forward to meeting you guys and seeing you out here in Vegas uh, if I don't see you first.
1: And that's going to wrap up this edition of the East West Football Podcast. Again, special thanks to JT the Brick for coming on the show. For all your latest updates, visit the website eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our new YouTube channel, East West Football Network. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend.
3: you have great coaches then after you have great coaches you get great players you have a great organization and you tell them one thing
2: just win baby
1: today is working for me do you believe that for yourself